Put on your hard hat and buckle up that tool belt. It's time for some heavy-duty conversation about all things construction. Welcome to Tommy's Toolbox, the podcast. I'm Tommy Whitehead, the CEO and founder of Tomco Solutions, a full-service building, renovation, and storm restoration contractor based in Tampa, Florida. Sitting with me today at the drafting table is Yasmin Gardner, the CEO of an AI startup called clearset.ai. To discuss the impact of AI in construction, welcome, Yasmin. Hello, hello, howdy. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. I can't complain. That's awesome. So AI in construction, everybody wants to know about AI. That it, it's, it's amazing to see it start to come into the construction market. So I'm super excited. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit about potential applications. And so we had to stop so that we could actually record our conversation instead of just having it. So, so uh, I want to start a little bit with your foundation. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What interest do you in AI? Yes, absolutely. So my hometown is Miami, Florida, but I grew up here in Tampa, Florida. My family, we're from the Caribbean islands of Turks and Caicos and from the Bahamas. So five years ago when I was in D.C., I was going through a career transition from legal to data. And I first was introduced to data when I joined a computer forensics company. And then from there, I noticed data is going to be a trending topic. And so I continued to learn more about it. And I realized data science and AI was going to be the future. And naturally, I live in the future, and so artificial intelligence allows me to live in the future with predictive analytics. And from there, I just decided to self-learn myself, enroll in boot camp, attend school, and just said, you know what, after my experience working for corporations and startup techs, and I just said, this is for me, and I just decided to go branch off and start my own company. That's incredible. So would you say you're definitely a left brain kind of person, the analytical type? Yeah, yeah, I find it sexy. <laughs> sexy AI. You heard it first here on this podcast. Um, so that that's interesting. So let, let's go back just a second. So you kind of started in the legal field. You like the, maybe the technical aspect of it, but then you found that you had more passion with the numbers. Is that, that kind of how it went? Or? So what really happened was I wanted to become an attorney because I wanted to fight for the people and I wanted to be more in like the real estate and understand the real estate properties. And then after working for law firms, and I realized, you know, this industry is just not for me, but what is for me? And that's where data stepped in out of nowhere when I got a position at a computer forensics company. That's, that's incredible. That, that's a big transition, but that's, a, that's pretty fascinating. I'm bold. <laughs> and bold, it is. Uh, data analytics isn't uh, something that people just usually jump into. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so... So along your career path, did you have a role model or a mentor that kind of helped you along the way? Yes, absolutely. So my role model will always be my father. Growing up, watching him become such a super hard worker for what he wanted. He grew up in the village in the Bahamas to becoming a, a engineer, a pilot for big corporations. And watching him just work so hard and, and, and for what he wanted was just a beautiful sight to see growing up at a young age, especially Um, when he had passed away, I still had those memories of what it's like to be a hard worker. So he is definitely my role model. And I have to give thanks to my mentor, you, Tommy. Um, You have been such an amazing mentor. Honestly, I look up to you. I admire you. Uh, You taught me so much. And I just admire like your passion, your drive, your discipline, and most importantly, your grace. Well, thank you so much to be compared to your dad as as a mentor role model is, is is incredible. So I really appreciate that. So it sounds like science kind of ran in your family, or at least your dad was definitely a scientific mind, and he just kind of 
passed it on to you. Absolutely. So math was our favorite topic. We love talking about math. He was really, really good at math and science. So I learned that from him 100%. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's a great topic. A lot of people don't learn that in their family. So that's nice to hear that being, uh, being passed down. So you've got AI, you've got data scientists. Tell me what drives you. Like, what's the favorite part of your day or what's a great day? Absolutely. So there are three things that drive me, and that's my parents, my family, and then educating people. So my parents and my family, they have been 100% supporters, encouragers. I love them. The love and loyalty that we have together is very, very beautiful. So the simple fact that I have opportunities and resources to let elevate all of us is just an amazing feeling, and it drives me the most. What I enjoy throughout my day is educating people on AI, which brings back to one of my passions that drives me is the simple fact I get to be a teacher. I get to educate someone in the field and expand their wisdom and their creativity thinking. And it's just a beautiful sight to see, um, seeing someone who looks up to you for information so they can apply it for themselves. And it's just beautiful to be an educator to people like my clients, business owners, and just the community as well. So that's such a great take. So a lot of times when people think teacher, they think your elementary school teacher teaching you spelling or arithmetic. Right. Uh, but you're talking about educating on, on an adult basis, basically, and educating other professionals or soon-to-be professionals on a new technology. So you, I guess you are an educator in that sense. That That's quite a fascinating take on, on what you do. And you find that being an educator in your field helps to bring you uh, more notoriety, more business, more respect in the community? Absolutely. It builds trust. And that's what I've been looking for. Because in AI, when I say AI, everyone starts screaming like, oh, no, I should stay away from you. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't want you to feel that way. There are misconceptions to AI, but I want to educate you first on what it can do. It's there to elevate your position, not take it away. Okay, wonderful. So the robots aren't coming for us. No. Okay. Are you sure? Because the movies and Will Smith says otherwise. Well, we just have to look out for people who want the robots to come out for us. Oh, okay. So it's the people that make the robots go bad. Yes. Got it. So it's a people problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Yasmin, I would like to talk about some tools for success. I'd love for you to tell us how you expect AI to impact the construction industry. You know, we, we talked about uh, the aging professionals and, and some of the older professionals don't adapt to new technological changes right away. Uh, it takes a little longer time to do that. And as we're the professionals in the construction industry are starting to age out and we're not replacing them as quickly as we need to, uh, there, there's some challenges being presented and, and it's been difficult to see or conceptualize what AI and construction might look like. So could you give us some examples of ways you could see AI influence construction in the near future? Absolutely. So one thought that came to mind was predictive maintenance. And so AI will analyze equipment sensor data to predict maintenance and infrastructure components that may fail. And for you, this will really increase proactive maintenance control that reduces downtime, but as well as optimize your construction schedules. So that's one way I see AI attacking the construction industries, helping you with that maintenance problem and detecting those ahead of So if we had smart thermostats, which are going in everywhere, even commercial buildings now, it could, AI could continuously monitor to see if maybe an air conditioner unit's running longer than it should be and report back that kind of data to to, to indicate there may be a a system malfunction? Absolutely. And not just that, but it will also send you notifications so that you're on the go and on the spot right there, like to fix it. That's incredible. So I could just see that tying into fire alarm panel systems for potential failures for other 
for other items. And it sounds like what you're saying is it can help track a maintenance schedule and kind of alert you based on installed components that, that this might be a maintenance schedule for this month uh, for components in a particular facility. Absolutely. Just like that. Perfect. Well, that's that's awesome. That, that's really cool. We'd also talked about, at one point, we you and I have talked about AI in architecture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't see us replacing human architects at all. We, we, we still need those. But there are repetitive or redundant tasks with uh, architectures that, that, that drafts people will, will sometimes complete. Uh, and there's a shortage of those trained individuals. So how could AI help an architect draft plans uh, for a new building, for a new house, uh, for new construction? Absolutely. So there's this branch of AI called NLP, natural language processing, and that's text analysis. So what you can do is build a form and then have AI train those different form fields um, that, that you will fill out and then to form an analysis for them so that they can study that and say, okay, based on my client's criteria, this is how I should be able to execute their goals and their vision. And then for you, that analysis also is very detailed as far as, as, far as like the foundation of the property, as far as the maintenance or the equipment that you would need to use to execute that as well too. So there are many ways that this workflow can be shortened for an architecture. It sounds like based on the data set, based on the information provided, it can kind of tailor because building a house here is different than building a house in New Hampshire. There's there's different codes. So if I'm understanding, and this is a complex topic, so so please explain it further if you can. But uh, so if I input or download all the Florida building codes, but then I want to build a house specifically in Tampa that may have some additional requirements that aren't required in uh, Polk County, then I can specify the address and it'll know to look at the Tampa additional zoning requirements or building requirements to help design that model. Absolutely. You know, I think you're the guest speaker here because you're talking more about AI than me. I need to learn from you. Yes, but absolutely. That's exactly what it can do. So you're spot on. That's incredible. And so these tools don't quite exist yet, but they're almost there, right? Well, there are some, um, but it's not out there just yet for like the public to really know. But there really are equipment out there that can do that. And you just have to do more research to see how you can find it and who has that kind of equipment. So, Yasmin, we, we kind of touched on it before. You know, one of the misconceptions about AI is is that robots are going to take over the world, you know, with 1950s sci-fi <laughs> all over again. And here we are in 2023, and we're still worried about this problem that was 70 years ago <laughs> forecasted, right? So can you tell me, uh, other than the robots attacking the Earth, uh, can you tell me um, what some misconceptions are about AI and its capabilities? my goodness, this is my favorite topic. I love talking about one of the misconceptions of AI. Um, and that would be it just taking over your job. So AI was created to not take over your job. It's created to elevate your position. So think of yourself as a blogger. It probably would take two, three, maybe four days to create an extensive blog, three pages, pictures, and make it very eye-catching. But with AI, it can do that for you in just minutes, seconds. And I understand, like, you know, because it did that blog writing for you, that's where people can say, oh, you know, this will take my job because it wrote it for me. But you also have to think of it. AI doesn't have a human to have creativity, a heart. So it's there to elevate your position so that you'll be able to elevate your creativity, elevate your mindset. And I want people to understand if you know how to utilize AI and see the value of it 
for yourself, whether it's work or just personal, you'll realize it's a lot of time saving for you. So you can spend time with family, with friends, creating new ideas, business ventures. You just never know, but it's there to elevate your position, not take it away. That's outstanding. I've never quite heard that uh, angle before, and it's a good way to think of it. Um, I guess, you know, a drill didn't, a, a power drill didn't take away uh, labor instead of a, a manual drill press. Because, uh, you know, back in the day, it was a, it was a wooden, wood hand drill that you would drill into masonry or anything. Uh, and now we have power drills that do it in seconds of time, but we still need the labor. Right. We still need to, so it sounds like AI still needs a, a handler, a, a, a just somebody to tell it what to do. Right. Just for example, like back in the day, I believe this was in the 70s, there were two teachers who went on strike saying that calculators are going to destroy the world and going to destroy the mindset. But now <laughs> look at calculators today. We use them in calculus, algebra, and it's something that we, we pull out and use to help us with our mathematics. So you have to think of AI in that format as well, too. It's there to elevate your position, help you with your mathematics. Awesome. And on that note, I want to give a shout out to my fourth grade teacher that says I would not have a calculator with me everywhere I went because I have an Android phone and it has a really good calculator too. So <laughs> that's a great analogy. I like that. I like that a lot. What tips can you share about networking and how it's helped you grow your business? It seems like getting the word out on AI is easy enough. Everybody wants to know about it, but you want to connect with the right people. So tell me how you're using networking to do that. Yes, absolutely. So my advice, I have three tips to share with you all. And so the first one is get to know the person. When you get to know the person, you get to understand their mindset a little bit more. And then once you get to know them, which leads to my second point, you get to understand their company process and structure. So when you understand who they are and then how their company uh, structure and process and workflow and how they, they go about their running their business, you will see the kind of person they are and their vision. And me, as a visionary in AI, I'm allowed to, to be able to create that vision for them using AI. And it's such a beautiful sight to see, to be able to, to have that kind of understanding of someone. And then also, lastly, I will say is, you know, you have to have confidence. And I know that sounds very cliche, but think of it like this. When you're confident in yourself, you're able to execute. And then also think about your product and your service as a truth and a lie. You're going to always stand on the truth. So think of your product and your service as the truth. You stand on it because you're 100% believing in your product, in yourself, in the truth. And so that's how I like to think about my company, my services, as I know what I provide. I'm very confident in it. And so I stand on it like it's the truth, which it is, in my opinion. That's incredible. And I mean, you have a field that's not really tapped right now. It's not like people can just go to Walmart and buy something AI. <laughs> uh, so you, you're very, very specialized. So I, I bet that helps with the confidence level, knowing that you're one of a small but growing number of professionals that, that has knowledge on how to properly deploy this. Absolutely. It's exciting. It's very exciting. That's great. I bet people come up to you all the time when you say you work in AI. Oh, my goodness. All I mention is AI. Forget my name. <laughs> forget my favorite color. Forget my outfit of the day. Like, forget all of that. They just go, I want to work with you. Let's talk more about AI. And it's like, okay, well, first, I'm Yasmin Gartner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. So stud finders, this is a fun little little segment here that we do in the podcast. And so what I'd like to do is I'd love for you to give me the name of a person or a company that you see being really the top of their game right now in AI. And, and why do you see that? So one company that came to mind was 
a company that's out in Europe, but they're branching out here. So they're a data cleaning company. Data cleaning, what it is, it entails of going to an Excel or your data set and cleaning any duplicates. So say you have John Smith at 123 Main Street, and there's three lines, well, three rows of that in Excel. So we have to go in and clean that so there is just one line of John Smith at 123 Main Street. And with data cleaning, it becomes very, very extensive as a data scientist because you need to have clean data to validate your your analytics, your analysis. And it can be very, very extensive as a data scientist, spending 60% of my time on just data cleaning and the 40% is building those analytics for you all. And so there's a company in Europe that's branching out here in the United States that's just specifically focused on extensive data cleaning. And what that means is that it'll be able to clean the data for me so I don't have to do that. And they clean it in such a fast pace that it'll be done within minutes. So say 100K rows in Excel, they can clean it within minutes, and that saves me about a month's end of cleaning that data. And so are they they're using AI technology just for the purpose of cleaning the data? And then you're using AI technology with clean data to then, then get the client the information that they're looking for. There we go. That's it. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So I think not a lot of people understand that data is messy. It's kind of like your phone. It's kind of like your phone contact list, right? You know, sometimes you have three numbers in there and they're not on the same record and somebody's email address isn't in there. That, that's kind of the, the process. you got to clean that up. Yeah, absolutely. So think about you're writing a draft for an email and you decided to just write whatever before you send it off. You will go back and want to clean up your grammar, the words, and understand that this is something I want to send before I send it out. So just think of data cleaning in that way. You want to clean it before you send it out. Okay, that that is very clear to kind of understand. So now now I'm like right on the same page. Uh, so tell me, what forward-thinking innovations are leading the way with your technology out there? You've started. Uh, you're trying to bring AI to many industries, and, and we've talked offline about out construction specifically. But how are your innovations going to start leading the way? How are you going to be different? Absolutely. So at ClearSet AI, we are different because we are AI as a service, artificial intelligence as a service. And so what does that mean? We provide proprietary AI models for our clients, and that leads us, that keeps us in the forefront of AI as a service. But then also we are data as a service as well, too, which means we have proprietary data sets that allows us to build proprietary predictive analytics as well, too. And so having that AI as a service and data as a service allows us to be the forefront of AI and data as well, too, and being one of the first companies to be a pioneer in that industry, in that business model. Okay, so if I'm understanding this correctly, you have data that you might be able to gain for the client through services, public or private, they may have their own data. And then AI is like the other half of that that uses the data to do something with it. There you go. Okay, awesome. All all right. And so your company is unique in that you can use either the client's data or help them find the data they need. So I'm guessing if you would need to help me identify anybody that's had building permits, then you would be able to help find a database that may have all the building permits there. Absolutely. And so once we collect that data, we're able to, I like to say, add our own accent to it. So that way it becomes a proprietary data set. And then that allows us to build proprietary analytics, which allows us to have that one and 
only and tailored data set stored for us to use in our um, models and analytics. And I'm very transparent with my clients on what we do with their data sets and their model as well, too, so that that way they can feel um, that we're, we're doing the right thing by protecting their data. And we understand the data privacy laws as well, too. So I want to build that trust with my clients and understanding that, you know, when I have, when I take your data sets, we're able to pr- produce analytics for you, but be very transparent of what else we're going to do with that too. Okay. So if, if I'm your client and I give you my client database, because you are trying to assist me with, with, uh, sales or marketing or construction, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, if I say, Hey, I want to keep this data completely private, then your company says, okay, your data is in a separate locked vault in space and it's yours. Absolutely. Well, hundred percent. So what you're saying your firm does is, is if I were to use a general AI chat bot or something, and I put my data in there, you're saying it may not be completely private. It might go to somebody else at some point, but if I do use your service and and we have the agreement, you keep my data completely private. It doesn't go to public spaces. Is that kind of how it works? Yes, exactly. That's how it works. So once you feed in your data into a, a public platform, then it becomes public information, public data. But with me, once we get your data, we secure it and we understand that this is 100% yours. That's wonderful. But if I choose to share my data... Then I then I may do so to help you build other models with something else. But there that, you go. But that's all about disclosure, like you said. Yes. Okay. Excellent. That's great. Thanks for clarifying that. So this little part of our our segment is called the construction sites. So you know we'll play on words so we see you. So Yasmin, can you tell us a little bit more specifically about what ClearSet AI does? Uh, you know we know you're a data scientist. We know you're an artificial intelligence. It's still very above most of our heads because it's a very emerging technology. Uh, what are you doing to help businesses with AI? Like, what, what, basically, what's your business model? How do, how do you assist people? Yes. So we love working with small business owners and mid-sized business owners. Another misconception of AI is AI is for only big corporations, and that's not true at all. So working with small business and mid-sized business owners, I educate them on AIs for everyone, as long as you have data or willing to see other data sets that aligns with your industry and your goals. And when I'm talking to them, I let them know with AI, we're able to use AI to do forecasting analysis on your revenue. If you want to see what your projections would be in the next five, 10 years, we are allowed to do that so you can stay ahead of the game. If you want to see your churn rate, which kind of customers will unsubscribe or subscribe to your services, we are able to detect that so you have that uh, ideal demographic for your company. And so educating these mid and small business owners have been very, very successful and they grasp the idea of, oh, AI can be applied to my business and not just a big corporation. So I want to utilize it. Can you help me integrate it into my services? Now, that's an incredible thought because, you know, I kind of had the impression that you have to be a $50 million company to, to use AI because you need a whole team and staff. But your company is, is it's like a third-party service that, that, that takes care of your AI needs. And so if I'm understanding correctly, you can start with smaller companies and much, much smaller projects, maybe just like a quick quick, small data set analyzing something like you said, uh, churn rates on marketing campaigns, uh, or just a quick forecast for somebody to help them put a business plan together. But you can also go large. You can you can work with big companies that might be five, 10, 15 million dollars in revenue that really want to have a, a firm analysis of the data. Is that 
So that's kind of where you're at, and that's the space you're in right now. There you go. That's exactly 100% correct. And with my company, that the Simplified, we're able to step in and help you out, integrate that AI strategies, those solutions, that structure. It's such a fulfilling moment because when you're a small business owner, you're a mid-side business owner, you think, okay, I can't match myself to a corporation, like you said, having to hire a data scientist, AI engineers, but that's where we step in and we do that work for you so that that way you can be more comfortable in AI, but then also it builds that trust with my clients to understand that we are your, your partner, we are your, your, your hard workers and your programmers that can implement this AI for you so you don't have to. And in the process, we're educating you as well, too. So once we deploy your model, you already know what kind of AI you're using and how, it use, how to work it. So that's where the term AI as a service that you that you mentioned, like at the top of the episode, you said AI as a service. That's really what it is. You, you can just buy a little bit as you need it. Yep, there you go. That, there you go. That's incredible. That opens up a world of opportunities to small contractors like painters and plumbers and electricians and roofers uh, that don't know how to deploy that. So if a client comes to you and says, I want to use AI in my business, but maybe I don't know how. What's your process? Do you have kind of a consultation process where you can say, you know, here are your problems or what are your problems or what can we do? Like how, how do you tell the plumber that has the small $2 million uh, plumbing company how you can help him if he knows he wants to do something different, just doesn't know what that is? Yes. Yeah, so my goal is to set up a consultation with you. I like doing it in person. I don't want to be behind the screen when I'm first meeting a client because this is AI and I want to build that trust with each person I connect with. Even if they don't turn into a client, I still want to build that trust with them. So when I'm meeting them in person, I get to learn more about them, get to learn more about their company. And then that's when I go into their vision, their goals, and then implement how AI can help with that vision and goals. And what I love to hear most about business owners is their entire process from the beginning to the end when they get that paycheck. How did you get that paycheck? That's what I want to know because I want to continue for you to get that paycheck, but just even more at a grander level. And talking to business owners, being able to understand what they're looking for and how AI can shorten that process so they can get to their paycheck even quicker and double it by having that more uh, extra time to find more clients or find more services to align with their goals is very fulfilling. And that's what I love to do and work with business owners when it comes to my process. Okay. So it sounds like you really try to, I mean, it's very simplistic, but you try to help people be more efficient. Yes. So that they can get more bang for their time, more bang for their buck. Absolutely. The goal is to get that paycheck, that commission. And so I want to help you get that that paycheck even much more faster. And I know how to do that using AI. It sounds like they'll keep coming back to you if you help them get the <laughs> paycheck faster. I mean, I would. I absolutely That's would. the goal. <laughs> um, so this is kind of a funny, funny segment we call Ratchet It Up. Ooh. All right. Um, can you tell one of the craziest mistakes you've heard of in your industry? So back in 2016, hilarious story. Microsoft launched a chat box called Tay on Twitter, and the chat box was used to interact with users and post tweets and kind of respond to their viral tweets and just have a fun, playful chat box. Unfortunately, the people behind the chat box weren't the best kind of people, and so they were feeding derogative data into the chat box. So instead of it being a positive thing, it turned into a very negative thing, and it was posting offensive tweets 
very derogatory tweets and to the point where Microsoft had to uh, take it off from the platform and just pretty much cancel that chat box and move to the side because it was just getting very, very offensive. And so uh, that's just a really crazy mistake because, you know, when, when you're posting that kind of offensive tweets and whatnot, it can really damage a company, their brand. And it's sad to see that that's what happened to Microsoft during that time. But, you know, they got aware of who the behind the developers were and they, they, they make sure to take that platform take it off the platform so that no one can use it. So it's like they were like teaching a small child to use bad language very early on. Yes. That, that's what they did? Yes. Wow. So Microsoft created the first AI troll. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. When you say it like that, yes. Wow, that's interesting. But it was actually humans that did it. So the robots didn't try to take over. The humans forced them. It forced yes. their hands? Yes. Okay. And just so our users know, can you clarify? You are not a robot, right? No, I am no robot. I'm okay. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good. We just want to make sure. We'll make sure here. So somebody checked her, right, before they before she got here. Um, um, how about this? And we like to have a little fun, like you, like you, like you saw. We were we were having a little fun with humor here. Can you tell me a uh, a funny construction joke? I know this is. I know we're live and on podcast here, but can, can I pull up my phone and sure. chat GPT it? Okay, because I know <laughs> nothing about construction. So, so what are you doing right now? You, you pull out your phone. You're grabbing Chat GPT. Are you asking it to write you a joke right now? Yes. Right here on this podcast. Yes, because <laughs> I do not know anything about this. So, I do. Okay, so it's so tell us what now. you're doing. What to describe to to the listeners? What what are you writing right now? So I pulled out the ChatGPT app. Yes, there is an app. I love it. <laughs> Highly recommend it. And I typed in construction jokes to tell an audience. <laughs> so why don't the skeletons ever start construction projects? Why? Because they don't have the guts for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying this does dad jokes, which are one of my favorite type of jokes. <laughs> yes, it's hilarious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> that's great. I love that. So so that's using it on the more creative side where you've been talking about data, but it looks like, you know, quick posts and other little funny jokes you can you can put in there and get right away. Oh yeah. You know, you can act for it to create a joke for you, help you summarize a PDF file. So there's many things that the app can do for you. And I love I love using it on my day-to-day. If, I'm, if I need a quick information or a quick topic to just research on, I just pull it out and, and utilize it. I love AI. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. Well, Yasmin, thanks for a job well done. I appreciate having you here today. Thank you so much for joining us at Tommy's Toolbox, the podcast. If you have any questions about my company, Tomco Solutions, the construction industry, or real estate investing, please be in touch or visit TomcoSolutions.com. My contact information is in the episode description, and I'll put Yasmin's there as well. We both love to hear from you. Till next time, thank you again. I look forward to seeing you at the construction site for the next episode of Tommy's Toolbox, the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for having me. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you.